Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. As we make our way once again through Psalm 84, you guys should be there. One of the things that we need to keep in mind is that it describes, the the psalmist describes a yearning to be in the presence of God. That's really what it is. This is the, it's not just like, well, I went to church, amen. It's, It's I am wanting to be in the presence of God. Now, when it comes to the presence of God, we looked at all about this, but but what we must realize is being in the presence of God is not necessarily the guys on the worship team singing worship songs. Oh, that was great. That was the presence. The presence of the Lord is when the body comes together and you have one heart singing out to the Lord and you just feel his presence and you and you just know. That's what church really is. Oh, we come in on a Wednesday night. Hey, how you doing? How are you? God bless you. God, how you doing? Good to see you, whatever it might be. But to, but to be honest with you, it's when our hearts are united as we're singing. And that's the presence of God. Psalm 84 is a story, if you will, probably about David. It doesn't give us that information, but it's, it's about a, a person who longed to go back to Jerusalem for the feasts in the temple. And the reason he wanted to go back is because he wanted to experience the holy presence of God once again. Remember, for 40 years, church, after the exodus from Egypt, the Jews were were wandering, okay? But even after they occupied, even after they went into the promised land, the three feasts reminded them that they were still not home, if you will. They were still pilgrims on the earth, Just as today, the Bible calls us sojourners, and we're homesick. We're homesick. See, God's people are simply passing through. Can I get an amen on that? Why do I say that? Because if you allow the news, and you allow social media, and you allow these things to infiltrate your mind on a constant basis, then then, then, then the world is, is horrible. And I have to remind myself in Psalm 84 that I'm just passing through. This is not my home. This is not my home. I'm, I'm going to go home one day. I'm going to go home one day. Think about it like this. Uh, a vagabond. When you call someone a vagabond, it means they have no home. You're a vagabond. When you call someone a fugitive, it means he's running from home. He's a fugitive. When you call someone a stranger, well, he's away from home. But when you call someone a pilgrim, it's that he's headed home. He's headed home. I'm calling this message tonight, there's no place like home. Remember, we discover that the psalmist longs to be home in Jerusalem to feel the presence of the Lord. And if we're honest, we too long to be home. But I don't mean to get up from church and I want to go home. But I'm talking about a not an earthly home, but a heavenly home. 
If we can chat for just a moment before I read what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, the Christian lives a very different life than anybody else. We're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of life. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Yes, we long to be home, but we also realize that we have a lot of work to do for the Lord. You see, he didn't save you just to save you and go, okay, well, they're saved. He saves because he has a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. But there's something in us when we're born again that makes us long for our, our, our eternal dwelling place. We realize this is not our home. We try to do our very best to make it home with the with the comforts of this earth and the thing. We try to do our very best, but quite honestly, nothing can compare to where we're going. That's what makes life scary for some people. Because to be honest with you, they have no idea where they're going. You see, every one of us is granted eternal life. Now, where you choose to spend it is up to you. When you give your heart to Jesus, he gives you that celestial home, and that's the home that we long for. We long to be home. But heaven, guys, isn't a place where we go, hey, man, it's just peace. It's just peace. That's, I like peace. Or I heard, hey, man, it's, it, heaven is going to be streets paved with gold. That's going to be rad. Or heaven is, man, just this incredible, I mean, just like this, this. No, no, no. See, heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. And that's the presence of our heavenly Father. The rest is just bonus. I've heard people say, man, I can't wait for that great family reunion. When I die, it's going to be great. Wonderful. But, but I'm looking forward to my Savior. And I don't know. You know, as the song says, I can only imagine. But think about what heaven might be like for us. What would heaven be like? I wonder if there would be some remorse in our spirit of how we, well, Lord, we could have served you more, or I should have done this, or I should have, I can't, or I, I, what's heaven going to, is it going to be like, wow, this is so cool, where's Jesus? Or is our heavenly Father going to wrap his arms and say, welcome home, and we'll know right off the bat. Yo, man, I don't know. I don't know either, but I know it's going to be home. It's going to be home. Think about what Paul wrote. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 5, he says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, he says, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, he says, we, we, we'll have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. Can I get an amen? And we long to put our, on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will... Put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. And while we live on these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, Paul says, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. As a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Your attention, please. Is that not the truth? 
Our earthly bodies are all breaking down. And, and there's nothing we can do about it. Man, at 18, do you remember when you were 18, Michael Riley? That was a long time ago, but you used to jump up and go. Well, you could go and go and go, and something happened. It got old. And now his mind says, jump up, and his body says, I ain't listening. I ain't listening. We sigh. But... But the point is, is that, listen, the, the body you have right now, that, this is just temporary. I'm excited for the real body. I've already got a list. Okay, I've already sent it ahead. Six foot, you know, a little bit taller, you know. Not so much overlap, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But not that we have a death wish, Paul says, but that we long to be there. We long to be there. So, in Psalm 84, the psalmist, his heart wants to be in the presence of the Lord. And what church should be for us is a, a small part of what heaven's going to be like. A small part. Now, the one thing we must grasp is even though we long to be in heaven with Jesus, living here on earth, it doesn't rob us of the blessings in the fellowship we have with him. Okay, so even though we long, I'm, I'm homesick, you go, amen, pastor, I'm homesick. You should see our Thursday meetings. We come in here and we're like, I'm homesick. And then some of the prayer, we're just heartbroken, especially with kids. It's just, we're just heartbroken. And, and that makes us long to be, to be home even more. But we need to remember it doesn't rob us it doesn't rob us of the blessings of being in fellowship with him. So, if you're taking notes, the psalm is broken down in three ways. How so? He says, number one, my delight is in the Lord. You should have written that two weeks ago. My delight is in the Lord. We covered that. Number two, my strength is in the Lord. Okay, very important. And number three, my trust is in the Lord. So we have delight, we have strength and trust, three very operative words in the Christian walk. I hear so many people who are not Christians depend on themselves for their own strength, and I shake my head saying, that's not me. My strength comes from the Lord. And that's what we... We talked about two weeks ago. So, just as a run and go, let's just read one through four. The psalmist writes in verse one, How lovely is your tabernacle, your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may be, lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you, Selah. What a great, great way. The psalmist is coming out, and, and, and he's just like, he, the first thing he says is, how lovely is your dwelling place? How lovely is your dwelling place? He says, my soul longs. And wants to be right where you are, God. 
He talks all about that. Now, think about this. Every week, we talk about an encounter with Jesus. And having an encounter with Jesus, our hearts should long to be here in the presence of our brothers and sisters worshiping together. You see, we've lost the art of gathering together. The American church has said, well, 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 we'll just do so. But, but really, when we're together and we're listening to the Holy Spirit and we're waiting on him and, and we can pray with each other and we can love on each other, that's the encounter that a lot of people need. And the pilgrim in our text is still longing for God's presence. Can I say this to you? Can I I have your permission to say this to you? Let's never take this for granted. Because we realize it can be taken from us in a moment. In a moment. You go take, what, what? We can have church anywhere. No, 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 what I'm saying is gathering together. Let's never take it for granted. Let's never be like, oh, I'll take it or leave it. I don't. We should be like, no, I am so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And maybe you're the one that ministers to somebody, or maybe you're the one that needs to be ministered to, but this is the place to do it. Well, wait a minute, Ben. Are you saying God can't minister to me? That's not what I'm saying, because God can minister to you wherever you are. We have people online right now that are being ministered by this Bible study. Amen to that. But there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord, even if it is a storefront on Boston Avenue. Do you guys catch my drift? That's exactly that. And that's what he says. So we see his delight. I can't wait. His delight. Delight. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, the word delight there means treat yourself to God. Treat yourself to God. Like, like have you ever treated yourself to dessert? Right? You treat yourself for, and sometimes, no, I'm not saying that, okay, well, me and my honey are going to share, and we're going to share a little apple pie. I'm not talking, I'm talking when you treat yourself. Where you, your honey don't get any. You know what I'm saying? And you go to the Dairy Queen, and you're like, I want the banana split for me. Why do you want the banana split? I'm treating myself. Right? You treat yourself. Okay? You treat yourself to the banana split. The Bible says, delight yourself, treat yourself to God. Treat yourself to God. He, he should be the full portion. He should be the full portion. <gasps> What'd you do? I walked with Jesus today. It was so cool. We were talking. It was amazing. Really? Yeah, it was, it was so cool. So, some people thought I was nuts. Why? Because I was singing. I was worshiping. And they're like, are you okay? Yeah. I've just traded myself to God. Well, maybe you're not walking in the park. Maybe you have a little quiet time corner and you're just, ah, you're in his presence. You know how you know you're delighting yourself in the Lord? You're treating yourself to God? It's when you realize whatever time you've allotted for that, it's gone fast and you don't want to give up. Oh, I have to go to work. Oh, oh. 
Okay, I know. Tomorrow I'll get up earlier. Because I want to what? Treat myself to God. Treat myself to God. So delight yourself. This is what the psalmist says. How lovely, amazing. My soul wants to be in your presence. He goes, he says, I'm envious of the birds. They get to stay in your tabernacle. They see you all. That's what I want. I want that. Oh, near your altar, oh God. Near your altar. Before we move on, can I just share something? One of the things that keeps us out of God's presence is what we allow in our brain all day long. Okay? I'm not talking about work, and I'm not talking about what you had to deal with at work. I'm I'm, I'm talking about what we've allowed in our ear gate, in our eye gate, that now we're overthinking and we're over and here we are and stuff instead of, instead of preparing our hearts to say, man, I'm, I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And, 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 and I'm not pointing fingers at you. It's harder for me. It's harder for me. I'll tell you why. Because when I come in, I'm like, okay, why is this not supposed to be done? Okay, this has to be done. Okay, well, okay, we gotta make sure that we give a good service to you, God. And, and, and I'm the coach to make sure everything, and, 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 and the music goes through, and guess what? I wasn't worshiping. I didn't feel the presence of God. And then I go to a different church. And say, okay, go to a different church, get away, go to somebody where, and, and so I'm sitting and I come into a brand new church, don't know anybody, don't have to be the pastor, and I'm sitting there going, Wonder why they did that. Well, that would look good at Calvary Chapel. That'd be good. Hey, we should do that. I need to talk to them. Why did they do that? What song did they pick there? And the Lord's like, You're in my presence. You're in my presence. Your heart wasn't prepared. Guilty. You need to be prepared. And that's what the psalmist says. He says, oh, I just want to be in God's presence. I only have one problem with that today. We're all alive. So we can't really be in the presence of the Lord just yet, but we can have his presence here. Can I get an amen? And so the psalmist goes on and he says, okay, so that was point number one. That's what we talked about two weeks ago. Now let's look at point number two. My strength is in the Lord. Look at verse five. He said, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now, the first thing we need to remember is we are, we're pilgrims, right? Where is a pilgrim headed? A pilgrim's headed for home, okay? Let me make life so much easier on you tonight. This is not your home. This is not your home. But you're headed. And, 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 and so the psalmist comes and he says, blessed Happy, approved by God, are you whose strength is in God and your heart is set on pilgrimage. Think about this. The psalmist said, I am so super bummed that I have to remain home. I, my heart is headed to Jerusalem. I want to go there. And the very map of Jerusalem was written in his heart. You, you, you ever go on a trip to your favorite place and you have it mapped out in your heart and in your mind? You know exactly. You know exactly where to go and you can sit and think about it and go, oh. 
This is what he's saying. He's saying, oh. now, now let, let's break it down, okay? The man or woman who finds his strength in God is also the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What does that mean? He doesn't rely on self. He doesn't rely on basically the world for strength. That's what trips me out. Well, you know what? I'm just going to pick myself up from my own bootstraps. I've got this. I'm, I'm capable. I'm not. It's the Lord. The Lord is the one. And, and, and so I don't find my strength from anywhere else. You know those things that you ought not to do? The strength has to come from God, not in your own. See, the psalmist considers himself a visitor, a traveler, a pilgrim in this world. His true strength and treasure come from his true home, heaven. Heaven. Let me ask you a question. Your quiet time, the word of God, when you get together with Jesus, are you doing it out of a devotion or is it duty? Pastor, it's Wednesday night. Quit stepping on our toes. No, because because when you come into the presence of God, it ought to be out of devotion. Oh my goodness, I get to because when I get to heaven, I want to know everything there is. I want to know. I I, I don't want to be the newbie in heaven going, "Who's that? That's David." Oh, that's David. <laughs> I don't even know. Is Solomon here? Did he make it? I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I want to be that going. Yeah. See, I I I, I knew. I knew. Because something happens when you're a Christian and all of a sudden your devotions becomes a duty. Well, I guess. Pastor Ben said, I have to have a quiet time. I need to get up and have a quiet time. And and all of a sudden it's just a, what? It's a checklist. So did you have your quiet time today? Yeah, I had my quiet time. But what'd you get out of it? Am I talking to anybody? Because I know I'm talking to me. You go, how so? There are times in my life that I've had quiet times in the Word of God and got nothing out of it. How come? My mind was other places. I did it because this is what we do. And the Lord lovingly knocks on my heart and says, hey, so, so what did you take away from that? Mm, busted. And he reminds me, listen, Grab a cup of coffee. I'm here too. Slow down, bro. Slow down. Come on. Your church, you guys are looking at me like I'm making stuff up. But here's the bottom line. We're so busy that we do this and we forget to be in his presence when this should be the main thing and everything else should be put back. If you want to spend time with Jesus, don't make an appointment for 8 o'clock in the morning. Because then you got to rush through your quiet time. Spend time. Spend, let the pres, let the word of God just wash over you. Let the word of God wash over you. This is, this is what he's saying. So he says, true strength and treasure come from his true home in heaven. Look at verse six. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. 
Now, if you have a pencil handy, you can circle the world, the valley of Baca, because that means the valley of weeping. That's what it means, the valley of weeping. He says when you on a pilgrimage go through hard times, the valley of weeping, he says you're going to make it a spring, and then the rain is going to come, and it's going to make it a pool. What? What is, what is the psalmist saying? You ready? Jot this down. There will be difficult places in our journey. There will be difficult times. There will be storms in the valley. You realize that Christianity is a really tough sell. You go, no, 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 no. See, bro, if you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be cool, bro. It's going to be good. You're, it's just all, you're going to have peace and joy. And that's the truth. But you're also going to have some hard times. You're also going to have some deep valleys. And when you mention that to people, who wants to sign up for this? Who wants that? Right? By the way, you're going to suffer just like Jesus did. Who wants in? Not me. I suffer enough. But really think about it. As we sojourn through this world, we must keep this in mind, that there will be tough times. We must keep that in mind. Okay? It's not a popular message. It's not the message of the American church these days. I'm sorry, it's not. I realize that God is for us, and I realize that he loves me more than anything, but his word just told me, as you pass, as they, not when or if, as you pass through the valley of weeping, hey, look at it a little bit different. What should I look at it like? Well, the difficult things you face each day, the valley of Baca, those hard, painful places in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless, Guess what? Others, everybody say others. Say it again. Get a blessing from your experience because to them it becomes a spring of water, a refreshing pool. You see, the suffering that you go through is not for naught. Oh, why did it, why was I having such a hard time? Because what you're doing, guys, is you're digging a pool and, and he's going to send the rain. And then when somebody else comes behind you, they're going to go, oh, it's a pool. Where you found a very dry and barren and <coughs> parched, somebody's going to come and go, oh, somebody was already here. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're going through a hard time and you find somebody else who's gone through that same hard time, it's refreshing to know, well, you 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 did it? You did it. How did you get through it? How did you get through it? It's refreshing. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Now, others are going to get blessing. Now, I want to... I, I grab a nugget of truth that we want to hold on to, okay? And you go, what's that? Number one, um, we all pass through the valley, our own valley of Baca, our own valley of tears. We all pass through that. There's going to be hard things in life. There's, there's no escape on those difficult days. There's, there's no escape. There's, there's going to be tough days. There's going to be tough days. 
And, and again, there's, there's, there's no escaping it. Here's the difference. When your heart is set on pilgrimage, we know that there are times when we must walk and we can only walk in the strength of the Lord. You want to know what those times are when somebody asks you, how are you doing? And you go, it's hard to breathe right now. It's hard to breathe. That's how, that's how, how rough life is. It's hard to breathe. And you, and you ask, well, how are you breathing? And you go, only by the grace of God. But as you walk through those hard times in your life, guys, I want you to think about a couple of things. I want you to think about the news and, and your reaction to the news. I want you to think about what's going on in your world and your reaction to the world. Because what happens, guys, is that the strength here, again, you go, you realize that, but what you want to do is you want to make the valley a better place of those that are coming after you. So when you see that our world is falling apart, or should I say falling into place, somebody behind you may not look at it that way, but you have been through it, and they go, how come you're not freaking out? How come you're not going nuts? How come you're $4 a gallon? What is wrong? You go, calm down. Hold on. Because, Because the Lord Jesus is preparing us for our eternal home. He is. And, 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 and not only is he preparing us, he wants us to experience his presence even here on earth. He wants that. See, they're, they're pools of refreshing rain. The only thing I could, that only comes close to my mind is when you guys think about the, the mirages out in the, in, the, in, in the Death Valley Desert, you know, where you think there's water. And there's not, and even even on hot days, man, you look down the road and you go, man, is that a pool? Did, is that water? And it's not. You get up there and it's like, it's just a mirage. But this is what he's saying. He says, no, no, no. Actually, somebody was there and it is a refreshing pool. It's a refreshing pool. Now think about it, guys. Think about what you're going through in your life right now. What is something that you're struggling with? You realize that somebody else has gone through it and they can walk with you. They can walk with you. The very things, listen to me, the very things you go through in life enables you to minister to those who will go through the same things. I hate to keep bringing up my wife, but my wife went through just a uh, uh, just an awful, uh, if you will, battle with, with breast cancer. And God didn't give her breast cancer so that she could dig a pool, but she realized that she needed to dig a pool because there might be somebody else coming after her and has come after her that had the same diagnosis. And they looked at her and said, wait, you? You lived? I lived. What did you do? Wow, and that brings hope. And that's that pool. Think about it. I think about it in all aspects of life. Is there, is there hope after a horrible divorce? Yeah. You can love again. God can heal and restore. We gotta, that's, that's what he's saying. There's, there's like, okay, okay. 
in any aspect of life. Verse eight, verse seven. The psalmist says they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. The Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. And then he get, and then he says, Selah. Again, think about this. What's he saying? The psalmist journey on pilgrimage and the blessedness of God in his presence and strength. What do you mean? He realizes his strength comes from being in the presence of God. This is exactly, it goes, oh, right? Do you remember those old commercials? I should have had a V8. It's kind of that same thing, right? It's an aha moment. He's like, you know what? My My strength comes from the Lord. Well, how did you get your strength? I was in the presence of God. Listen, it could be very easy for us to go, hey, listen, we're just going to do Sunday morning. We're just going to go. We're going to podcast everything. And but But the psalmist says, when you come, and you feel God's presence and the music is live and you're meeting people and they're smiling and, and you're praying with sisters and you're praying with brothers and it's just like, that's where your strength comes from. That's why I love Radio by Grace, but that preaching alone is not enough. That's why I love podcasts, but that preaching alone is not enough. That's why we love, because we have to feel the body of Christ. When we're in his presence, guys, that's where your strength is going to come from. What? Let me ask you a question. What is the enemy? When is the worst time the enemy strikes? It's either going to be a Sunday or Wednesday. You feel good all week. Monday. I feel great on Monday. Tuesday, you're doing a little jig dance, right? Here comes Wednesday. It's like, oh, something happened to my back. Oh, my hair is falling out. I don't know what's going on. Thursday, you're happy again. And the enemy knows, I don't want you here. I don't want you here. Because I know your strength comes from being in the presence. It's not being in the church. Don't get me. It's not being at 42nd in Boston. You understand that. It's the fact that his presence is here when believers gather together. Man. And they go from strength to strength. A rich relationship with God has a never-ending supply of strength in the journey, even in difficult seasons. Now catch this. It's more than a song. It's a prayer. How so? It was a plea for the plenty spoken by the supply of water. It was a supplication for the strength that comes and builds. What do you mean? The psalmist grounded his plea in the long history of God's dealing with his people. This is why he says, look at it back. He says, he says, Be fear, O God of Zion, O God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob. That's, that's God who blessed and was faithful to Jacob will be faithful to his people even today. See, again, it's more than a song. It's a prayer, and this is a worthy meditation and basically, this is why the, the psalmist inserts the second, Selah. Think about it. Think about it. Think, dwell on this. Dwell on this. When it comes to finding our strength in the Lord, I read an excerpt from a book um, by a fellow by the name of Pat Williams. And here's what he writes, quote, 
If we want to be like Jesus, we must endure like Jesus. We need to persevere under pressure as Jesus did. If it hasn't happened already, a time will come when you must endure like Jesus. No, no one in history deserved to be more honored and respected than Jesus of Nazareth. Yet he was treated with contempt and put to death. If we endure like Jesus, our own battle scars will be the righteous, beautiful wounds of those who have taken a courageous stand against evil. Our wounds will be like his. Like his. He goes on to write this. Life is a journey for all of us, and that journey is not always easy. There are hard days and difficult nights, and sometimes there are weeks and months and years where the road seems to lead from one hardship to another. If we live long enough, we'll have plenty of chances to get battle scars. Pat Williams talked about no one gets a free ride. No one is exempt from the troubles of the world. End quote. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? The longer we live, the longer we live, he says, think about that. We will have plenty of chances to get battle scars. And nobody gives me an amen for that. Because we don't want an amen that. It's like, I don't want a battle scar. But think about this. I don't mind scars. What I mind is wounds. Think about it. What do you mean, Pastor? That's weird. No, see, a wound is where I'm still hurt. And it's hard for me to move and function. I'm wounded. But once I heal, it becomes a, becomes a scar. And then I'm not hurt anymore. But now I've got a story to tell. Now I've got a story to tell. And that's just life. That's just life. Many of us have battle scars. Many of us have battle scars from just, just life. Just li- you're reminding your own business one day and something happened and you're like, wow. It's just life. If that's the case, and we're minding our own business and sometimes life happens and it's ups and downs and things that you don't even have no control over, I think it it would behoove us as believers to be prepared and our foundation be in the Word of God. If it's going to happen, I want to have the Word of God as my foundation because I don't want to be caught off guard. I'll tell you why. If I'm caught off guard, then I will, I will definitely leave God. I will definitely leave God. If I'm doing life and I think everything's groovy and I'm having a great time and, and I'm blindsided by something in life and I don't have the foundation in the Word of God, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to blame God and then I'm going to leave God. And I am going to be mad at God because I wasn't prepared. Sometimes, church, we get discouraged and we feel like giving up and we feel like walking away from the Lord. 
We're not the first generation to feel like that. Why? Because our passage actually ends with trust. You see, he says, man, I'm going to delight in the Lord, and then I'm going to what? And then I'm going to find my strength. Where do we find his strength, guys? In the presence of the Lord. This is where you find strength. And he says, oh, by the way, when I am discouraged, i got to find my trust. Look at verse 9. He says, oh, God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. In other words, look at our shields. You ready? Glistening in the sun, our faces shining with your glorious anointing. But here's the plead, right? Here's the pleading. He says, hear my prayer. Hear my prayer. The psalmist lifted up his petitions to the Lord. God, behold our shields. Look at my face. And he says, you're anointed. Look at that in verse 9. You go, what do you mean you're anointed? He says, though the psalmist had first in mind David or possibly Solomon, it also points to the Messiah, the ultimate anointed one. Do you see that? Look upon the face of your anointed. Verse 10, look at, my trust is in the Lord. He says, for, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is the sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Is that not amazing? Here's what he says. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in the presence of my God than to be anywhere else for a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper. Think about this. The psalmist was jealous of birds earlier because they're in the presence of God. And he's going, and I, I don't have to be anything at church. I just love being here. And I'll be the guy that opens the door. Come on in. How are you? Come on in. God bless you. How are you? Come on. Good. God bless you. How are you? Come on. Be the doorkeeper. Then where? Then to dwell in the, to- the, in the tents of the wicked. The wicked. Once again, this pilgrim, David, or whoever it might be, is longing to be in the presence of God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. If I could spend one moment with God, it's far better than living with the wicked. Do you have that desire in your heart, church? Do you have that overwhelming longing to be in God's presence? This is what he's saying. Before COVID hit, at Calvary Chapel Lubbock, we used to have two services. We used to have a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock. And it would always marvel at people who would stay at both services. Because we're, we live in such time frames that it's like, well, I'm going to go to first. But, but I've had people that go, no, I'm going to stay at both. And I would ask why. He says, well, first of all, the sermons are different. 
I try not to be, but they, God does something so amazing that whatever, whatever the people, they're different. And he says, and I've always, I've always learned. I've always learned. Oh. Oh. And the psalmist tells us guys tonight to be a doorkeeper. Do you remember the Korathites? They were, they were to whom the, the psalm was committed. And it was for encouragement of this might be spoken. Why? Because a doorkeeper is the first in and the last out. Blessed and happy are you is the man. Notice what he says. Blessed. You guys see that? Verse 12. Blessed is Calvary Chapel Lubbock. Blessed are you when you trust in God. Do you trust in the Lord? Of course I do, Pastor. I trust in. That's why I'm here. No, no, no. Do you trust in the Lord? Is he your everything? You see, trust, trust is often a misused word. And the Lord wants us to say, man, do you, do you, do you trust? Do you, really tr- do you really trust in him? Pastor James illustrates it this way. Pastor James says, there's no situation that I can get into that God cannot get me out. Some years ago when I was learning to fly, my instructor told me to put the plane into a steep and extended dive. I was totally unprepared for what was about to happen. After a brief time, the engine stalled and the plane began to plunge out of control. As soon as it became evident that the instructor was not going to help me at all, after a few seconds, which seems like an eternity, my mind began to function again. I quickly corrected the situation. Immediately, I turned to the instructor and began to vent my fearful frustrations on him. And he very calmly said to me, there's no position you can get this airplane into that I cannot get you out of. If you want to learn to fly, go up there and do it again. At that moment, God seemed to be saying to me, remember this, as you serve me, there is no situation that you can get yourself into that I cannot get you out of. If you trust me, you will be all right. And that lesson has been proven true in my ministry many times over and over and over and over. It's pretty much the same here. It's been close to 12 to to 14 years, I don't even remember, guys, when I came full-time at the church. And coming full-time means that I had to walk by faith and I had to walk my family by faith. How so? The tithes and the offerings was, was going to pay for the rent and the lights and the utilities and the children's ministry and, and a small salary for the pastor. That was not guaranteed. We didn't have a sister church or a mother church that was saying, well, don't worry, Ben. You just go pastor. We'll pay for your salary. We didn't have that. We walked by faith. Every week that we had church, I had to trust the Lord. And let me tell you, there were some weeks that I thought God didn't come to church today. There were some weeks where it was like, how are we going to pay the bills? But I can say this, he has never, 
let us down. We have never been late on our rent payments in 18 years. But here's the difference. I trust the Lord. How so? Every week I would say, Lord, you're going to provide, and if you don't, if you want me to get a job, I'll get a job. But you've called me to minister to your people. And the, the point is, I had to learn trust. And so, do you trust the Lord? Do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him with your marriage? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your career? Do you, do you trust him with your salvation? How many people bargain with God? Well, God, if you do this, I'll do this. Well, I'll tell you, I can't do this, but I'll read the Bible more. Wait, 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 what? Well, God, if you give me extra life, then I, I, can, I can tell more people about Jesus. We don't bargain with God. We trust him. Everything that you're going through or will go through, everything that I'll go through, we have to trust the Lord that he will get us out of it. you agree? Do you trust the Lord? Let me see. If Say amen if you trust the Lord. Oh, mostly all of you. Okay, cool, cool. But it's like the guy at Niagara Falls. You've heard that story, right? There's a guy at Niagara Falls. Okay, there's a, he's walking across. Okay, he puts one of those tight ropes, takes his little thing, and he walks across Niagara Falls. Everybody, ooh, ah, amazing, wow. And so he walks back, and all the falls are falling down. He comes down, and he puts his little, and and he's like, how many of you think I could walk across Niagara Falls again? Everybody's like, yay, do it. They trust him. He says, got a question for you. How many of you believe I can walk across Niagara Falls on this tightrope with a wheelbarrow? Everybody's like, yay! Do you trust me? Yes! He says, how many of you will get in the wheelbarrow? That's trust. You see, we can hoo-ha and holler all the time down here, God, I trust you, God, I trust you, but are you willing to get in the wheelbarrow when he says to get in the wheelbarrow? Okay, Lord, I trust you. This is going to be good. I trust you. And that's what the psalmist is talking about tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can look in your word tonight. We, we trust you, Lord, of all that you're doing. Father, we thank you, Lord, that um, we can delight in you, we can find strength in you, and we can trust you. Lord, tonight our souls were exhorted that there's no place like home. And so with that being said, Lord, maybe there's somebody watching online. Lord, maybe there's somebody here tonight that says, Lord, I'm not sure if I'm going home. I don't know if I'm really saved. And and you were you said something early in the message Ben where you said that we're all going to live forever, we all have eternal life, but where is 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 up to us? Like I don't how is it up to me? Well, the Lord is knocking on your heart ever so gently and he's saying today is the day that you need to surrender your life to Jesus. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a believer. 
But the Lord is knocking, and, he's, and he loves you so much that he's giving you. He says, hey, hey, today's the day. Today's the day. I want to come in. I want to heal your heart. I know you've been hurt before. I know you've got a broken heart, man. I know you've been struggling. But I want to heal that, but you've got to let me in, man. You've got to let me in. I want to forgive you of your sins, and I want, I want to set you on a new path. Yeah, no, there'll be peace. Yes, there'll be peace, and there'll be joy. And, and there'll be some trials, but I'll be with you every step of the way. Do you trust me? And that's where you respond with your hand super high saying, God, I trust you. So if you're watching online or you're listening by podcast or, or maybe you're listening on the radio, pull over first. But once you pull over, man, just, um, just say yes to God. You go, Ben, what do I need to do? Well, listen, I just want to pray for you. So if you're here today or you're watching online, I can't see you online or you're driving in your car or truck or whatever it might be, and you want to give your life to Jesus, will you just simply lift your hand? God knows. He can see your heart. And you're saying, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not in a right relationship with God, and um, I know he's speaking to me. I heard him. I heard him, and I want to be right with him. So if you're here tonight and you're not right with God, or you're watching online, will you just lift up your hand if you want to be right? I'll pray for you. God will see your heart. Well, I have to lift up my hand because God wants to see your heart. God bless you guys. I see you right here. Good move. Good move. Anyone else? Anyone else? Father, I thank you for these hands that are raised. I pray that you would speak to them in such an amazing way that, Lord, your spirit would fill them. And, Father, as they surrender their lives to you, Lord, they're saying, I can't do it. I blow it. I mess up. I'm not right with you. But tonight I want to be right with you. So here's what you guys, here's, those of you that raised your hand, here's what you need to do. You just confess to the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I, I can't do this without you. And I'm asking you, God, to heal me. Heal my mind. Heal my heart. Heal my body, Lord. Heal me from the brokenness that I faced as a kid, as a teen. And I'm asking you to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my God, and be my Savior, and be my friend. I choose this day, today, to follow you, Jesus. Forever I'm yours. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you prayed that prayer online, welcome to the family of God. We love you so much. We have a Bible and a Bible study guide for you. Man, we just love you. We just love you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, and may he protect you on your journey with him. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.